So we're doing something a little bit different. We're doing a skit tonight with all of our pastors. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Who remembers like skits or like human videos? Yeah. Where you act out something to improv. music? Yes. We do some improv. Do some improv. Improvisational It's messages. comedy hour here at Victory Life Sherman. Now, we wanted to do something a little different, and I'm going to go ahead and have a seat because I'm kind of hosting the shindig. This is our... Uh, most everybody knows everybody here, but I'm going to introduce everybody just in case. This is Pastor Terry, Dr. Pastor Dr. Terry Brown, Terry Brown, who is the man. Woo, woo. He's just, if you just need a little bit of knowledge and wisdom in any situation, come talk to this man. He is uh, thebomb.com. Don't look that up. I don't know if he's on that side or not, but uh, he's awesome. Do people anymore? I don't know. I'm going to say it because I'm a dad. Oh, okay. I'm still trying to rock the dad jokes. I don't, like my kids aren't like old enough to be embarrassed by me yet, so I got to practice on you guys. So if you were just embarrassed by what I said, I'm on the right track. All right, this is the, with that being said, I'm going to shut up now. This is Pastor Brian Norman. He's over all of our life groups, and this is our fearless leader, Pastor Mark Carrillo. Thank you. He is the man with the plan, and then our youth pastor, Pastor Chase Hall. You can clap for yourself. Do you, you do that? Do you clap yeah, for yourself? you can clap for yourself. Like you sit here and so let everybody clap for you? This, this is a team we meet pretty regularly. I say that. We've been really busy through Christmas, so I felt like we haven't met in a while. But uh, we kind of come together, and we just kind of talk through the Word. We talk through vision for what's God saying to our church? What is God wanting to do? Um, and we kind of gather together, and we plan out our midweek series. And so we've been doing this for about two years now. I think wow. right out two years, about two years. About two years. We gather together. We pray together. We get in the word together. What's God saying? What is God doing in this season? What do we need to talk about? Who needs to talk about it? How do we want to deliver it? And uh, so tonight, what we want to do, we're going to recap a little bit of 2019, just kind of what we feel like the word was at the beginning and where God took us. And definitely, we want to talk a lot about 2020. I'm sorry. I'm like... Yeah, how's it going, guys? Can I do this? Like, I don't know if the back, back of my neck looks that good. So, uh, you guys can tell me. So that being said, I'm going to kind of be the host, and I'm going to, I've obviously said enough tonight, so I'm going to try to let them do most of the talking. Uh, but does that sound good? Sound like a good plan? Awesome. Well, uh, first, I do want to start off with just kind of recapping 2019, um, and I don't have all the, the graphics. Last time we did this, we kind of had the graphics of the, the messages that we did. But I know we started off the beginning of the year uh, with a message or a series that you did, Pastor Mark, called Understanding Understanding, which I thought was really, really witty yeah. and cool. Uh, from there, we talked about just uh, disciplines in the word. Meal plan was the name of that series. From there, talking about uh, the seven I am statements of Jesus into uh, those I am to we are, who we are as the church. And then this long, almost six-month series that was multiple series on revival and, and developing personal My revival. Favorite. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. Maybe we're some highlights uh, for you guys this past year in 2019. Go for it, Pastor Mark. Man, I, I love the presence of God uh, because I love Him. And uh, Jesus you know, to say he radically impacted my life and my family's life would be an understatement because I definitely wouldn't be here uh, with you and Sherman had someone not knocked on our family's door to say, hey, you know what, you should be in church. Uh, so for, for, for us, us being in, just us knowing Jesus and us being involved in church has had to do with outreach. And because of the church that was in our neighborhood that we went to as a spirit-filled church, 
the presence of God throughout all my life has impacted me. So the presence of God, uh, the fact that the gifts of the Spirit are for today and for operation of the church, and that all those things bring our attention to Jesus has been huge. And so, so to do that series on revival, uh, to do that on the presence of God, because we want that to be a reality, not just at church, but every day of our lives. That's good. Amen. That's cheers. There we go. That's my section over there. Yes. You got to start the wave next time. It'll be perfect. Uh, yeah. I know for me personally, that, that whole series, I mean, and it started in May, we started a series just kind of talking about personal growth and kind of an ecosystem of maturity. And then that led into, well, what does revival look like? And then how do we steward that well? And, and yeah, it took us about a six month journey of, of uh, just fostering that fire and that flame. Yeah. And, uh, and I believe that we're seeing uh, results of that even now. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, uh, Pastor Brian, so this was your first official year as full-time uh, church employee. Uh, so kind of talk us a little bit through that. Well, uh, in, I guess, two or three days, I'll be, have been here a year. My anniversary, I think, is on January the 3rd. You said he wouldn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> we had bets. <laughs> You've done an awesome job, too. I want you, you to know that. Thank you. It's, uh, that was a great place for you all to clap again. Yeah. You have done an awesome yes. job at Life Group Real quick, before, before you do that, uh, the number of our life groups, like the people in attendance... In our life groups, just give that number real quick because I think uh, that's huge. So, in life groups, there's around 900 people in life groups right now, and in one calendar year, from uh, last year at this time to this year, we've grown 130 percent in life groups. So, that's awesome. And we were about 66 life groups uh, when Liza left and I took over. And we had had a peak uh, before she left. I think there was like 103 life groups at one point. And uh, during the year, we got up to 152 life groups. So Amen. That's yeah. awesome. Obviously, you're not going to toot your own horn, but that is a lot of your leadership. So yeah. again, one more time Absolutely. for Pastor Brian. And I would just like to thank everybody here because... All the people that are attending groups and all the leaders, it, there, we wouldn't have any groups if it wasn't for you all uh, leading groups and, and showing up for groups. It wouldn't be possible to have nearly yeah. that many. So. Yeah, being in multiple groups, and I, I know he's not going to toot his horn, but, but this guy has driven the system that he was given, and it's, it's multiplied and really helped people to grow and mature. Um, it's, it's been kind of interesting because this, this campus where community and relationships are concerned, that has blown up. And uh, so much so that it's so far above, ahead of the curve of most, what most churches experience that I've had people look at me and say, there's no way. There's just no way. But you know what? We've experienced something and I want to give Jesus the glory for it and give this guy some credit for the hard work that he's done. We kind of cut you off, but I thought it was, it was a good, polite way to cut you off because we were tooting your horn. So did you have anything else? We, or was that? Well, this year, uh, we want to advance the groups that we do have. And Pastor Mark will probably talk about it a lot more. But one thing that we really want to do this year is uh, leadership development and uh, do some training with the leaders. Uh, 
maybe in four different sessions and really uh, touch on a lot of things that we want everybody to know in life groups, whether you're leading your first group or you've been here leading for 10 years, we want to give you this, a lot of the same training that the staff gets on a regular basis. So That'll be good. Yeah, yeah that's exciting. That'll be yeah. good. So, Pastor Terry, what about you? What's been some highlights for you in 2019? Well, as he was talking about that, it, it just dawned on me again that we're not just talking about groups, we're talking about people. And even the, the, the high percentage that we have is how many people are involved in church. Yeah, that's, that's pretty remarkable. One of the things I pay attention to is how many people get saved. And this year to have 361 people give their heart to Jesus this year. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Something I've also just become aware of just in the last couple of weeks is, uh, so it hasn't been an influx of 361 people being added to the church. So where are those 361 people at? And I really believe that a large part of that is what needs to be in church. They come in, they get saved, they get healed, and they go out to their church or they go to another place. And so I'm excited about this being a place where also people are coming and finding the Lord and what they need in their own life. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 6, the last part of that verse says, it talks about Jerusalem and people will be coming back and inhabiting their Jerusalem. What that means for us is as a church, that the church is really being what the church is supposed to be place where people are saved and healed and touched yeah. and delivered. You agree with that? Amen. 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 And Pastor Chase, you actually changed positions. You were over our grow teams, which if you don't know what a grow team is, it's kind of like our serving environment. If you want to get connected in serving the body of Christ to get connected on a grow team, you were over that, but then you made a switch to youth ministry again. So kind of tell us about that transition this year. I lost a bet and no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love teenagers and, uh, it all kind of stemmed from, from Pastor Tyler uh, just changing a little bit in his role and in his heart and his passions uh, and becoming our campus content director uh, and really thriving in that. It was, we were in conversation one day in, in, a, in a staff meeting and I think is when we made the announcement of, of Tyler transitioning. And, you know, I'd stepped out of youth ministry. I'd, I'd, before I moved here, I'd been in, in youth ministry for nearly, uh, I'd have to do the math quickly, but seven or eight years. And so I had a passion for that. It's how I started in full-time ministry, but then stepped away thinking that God is ready to kind of transition me to another area of ministry. Uh, really, I, can't, I shouldn't say ministry. I should just say church staff position because we're all doing the same ministry. Um, but, and so feeling that, and then just in sitting in that staff meeting, Holy Spirit, I, you know, you battle with like, was that Holy Spirit or was that just, hey, change sounds fun. Um, and so, because I love change. I know there's a lot of you out there that are like, don't have yeah. any idea what I just said um, and how that makes sense. But I really do enjoy change. And so I had to battle that thought of, okay, Holy Spirit, I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to just do something that sounds fun. Uh, and so just approaching Pastor Mark and, and Kim and just saying, hey, can we take some time? I think we had like two or three weeks with you being out of town and me being out of town. It was, let's just take some time and really pray about what that looks like. And man, I just couldn't let it go. Um, and so having a conversation with my beautiful wife who doesn't always love change uh, because stepping into youth ministry isn't just a position for me. It's, it affects my whole family, even having two teenagers. Like, hey, how do you guys feel about your dad also being your youth pastor? Like, we had to talk about the whole spectrum of what that looked like. And so, man, I, I know that we have youth in the room tonight, and so I absolutely love doing what I do. And um, it's been a big year for us, not just in the staff and through people changing roles, but just in my family. 
uh, and stepping back into something that we know that we're called to do. And um, anyway, it's been a, been a good year. Yeah. You're doing a great job. We hadn't, we hadn't let you go yet, so that's good. You're still, you're still up. I made it. I still, made I'm with it. Brian. We made the cut this year. <laughs> it's like the NFL. Well, I do want to say this. We, we love hearing stories. We call them wins. We always, every time we, we meet up in a huddle or a staff meeting, we talk about what are the wins? What were the wins from this weekend? And there's so many wins that we don't always hear about. So I just want to encourage you guys, uh, just on the Connect card in the seat pocket in front of you or on our app, just write us, tell us what God did this year. Tell us what God did this last week, this past month. We just want to hear those stories of what God's doing because we truly believe that God's doing something. And we know that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so we want to know your testimony. And I believe everybody in this room has a testimony to share. And so if you feel comfortable and you want to do that, uh, man, just, just let us know. And if you don't want to fill out a connect card, just come talk to one of us at the end of service. And man, this is what God did this year. Uh, we just want to know because he's, he's worthy of the praise and the glory. So... Amen. But uh, Amen. I want to kind of move on because uh, who got to be here this past weekend to hear Pastor Mark speak? Such an awesome message. I'd encourage if you weren't able to be here, uh, man, check it out on the app once it's available. It was a phenomenal message. But you talked a lot about uh, dreams and, and vision and some personal vision that you have for our church. So why don't you just share a little bit in depth because uh, I know you didn't get to, to share probably as much as you'd like. Uh, share just a little bit about some of your vision for us as a church this next year in 2020. Yes. I, I believe that every one of you have ministry in you. Because the, the moment you said yes to Jesus, when he came in, he brought his stuff with him. And uh, he, he brought particular equipment for you. He's put passions on the inside of you. He's put interests on the inside of you. And I just believe that the churches that make it in, in this century are going to be the churches that loose the ministry of the people who attend the church rather than them come to watch one guy's ministry. Come on, give me a better amen than that. I don't know if you believe it, but I'm going to preach it until you believe it because you've got the goods. So I think there's too much good stuff in the people of Victory Life Sherman to just come here and, and hear great messages because we do that and we want to do that. There's a place in the ecosystem for that. But having a heart for evangelism, having a heart for souls, having a heart to see people impacted by Jesus is what drives and motivates me. And it's one of the reasons why I believe one of the gifts that I have is to encourage people and to facilitate other people's ministries. Well, Part of that means that there are needs in our community that the answer is sitting right here in this room or watching online. Yeah. And that's partly why we're seeing, even, even within the life group system, there are life groups that are beginning to emerge and mature to the place where they really function as ministries. I mean, we've even had a couple. Uh, at least one, maybe a couple that have emerged and say, you know what, we feel like we're supposed to start a, a 501c3 and begin to tackle some things within the community. Well, it's our heart to, to see you develop as much as you want to. We never put pressure on anybody to be anything that, they're, that they don't want to be, do anything they don't want to do. But for some people who are on a journey and a mission that believe that and, – and listen, I'm not just talking about preaching gospel messages. I'm not just talking about – uh, Lisa and I have a heart to impact uh, the, the culture 
through business. They're doing ministry in the marketplace. And uh, if, you have, if you have a business, potentially, if you make Jesus your partner, everything you do becomes ministry because it impacts the culture and it impacts people in a way that, that as a minister, I'm never going to do that. So, man, there's just, there's so much that I want to say along this line because it's, it's really burning. We might have to do a series. Yeah, we might have this. to do a series. You know, because it is about, we want to, we want to advance Jesus not man, not an organization. We want to advance Jesus. That was really good. So one of said say that again. I should say we want good. we we want to advance Jesus. Uh, I just think I think America has seen all the the flash and personality that they want to see. I think they've seen all the hype. I just think they want to they want to meet. The true Jesus. They want to see the love of God in action. They want to see that. Um, so one of the ways that, that, that I want to do this is through a concept, and we're still fleshing this out, uh, is through the concept of pop-up church. Like, can we take, can we take Jesus into places, uh, into venues where you wouldn't normally expect a church to pop up, but boom, here we are. You know, we're invading your bar this weekend, and, uh, and we're, just, we're, we're, we're bringing Jesus. We're bringing worship. We're not bringing something watered down. We're bringing, we're, we're bringing, uh, we're bringing, this, I, I want to say, it's not a confrontation, but it's, it, but it's a, a moment where heaven touches earth, and people who get caught right in the middle of that smack experience something they cannot deny. And it's like we were talking about a while back at, the, uh, at one of our staff meetings is we want to tap into the excitement that we have about Jesus and bring that to our community in a way that when they experience Jesus, they say, that's real. What those people have, I need. I want that. So that's the idea behind pop-up church. You know, we have, we're thinking like, where do we have the most life groups, like within a 30, 60 mile radius? Uh, from the Sherman campus. Maybe we go to that community and pop up and say, hey, this Wednesday, we're actually going to come to you in this community. We're going to rent a community hall. We're going to find a a vacant building and we're popping up. We're putting up banners. We're going to do some advertising and we're going to, we're not just going to touch church people. We're going to bring people here who need Jesus in a, in a bad way. So that's, which is going to require all of us. I think that's, what's cool about tonight and what you're, what you're talking is that there's only so much that a church staff person can do. And we can only be in one place at one time. And that's where our, our heart for leadership development and our heart for people getting to be the hands and feet of Jesus come into play. And that's, you know, this may scare some of you, but it also may excite some of you. And that's where I think it's, we're, there's so much room here for, for people's potential to be produced. Yeah. And I know there was a lot of P's there, but... You're a true preacher. I, I know. I, three P's, three points, let's roll. You know what I mean? Like... Onomatopoeia. But I, I think what you're saying here is, is a big requirement for everybody. And that's where the church yeah. collectively gets, gets to be Jesus. And that, anyway, that's exciting. It's exciting for me. Yeah. Hey, I've got a friend. I'm, I'm, I'm asking him to come talk to our, our lead team here who's done basically what I'm talking about in nursing homes for like the past 10, 15, 20 years. The miracles they've had have been phenomenal. People who've had, like they're in their 90s and they, they find out Jesus is real, 
meet Jesus, man, they've, they've literally witnessed to people who accepted Jesus and went to be with him like in the next five minutes. Like just, they're waiting. People are waiting to meet Jesus and they, they can't let go. There's something that, man, this is real. I'm telling you, this is real stuff. Anyway, pop-up church, who knows? We got people already preaching in nursing homes. We're, we're not saying, hey, we're here to take over. You're not doing a good job. We're saying we want to fan the flame. You know, we want to do something to help the ministries that are taking place already within the body because we don't need to develop another program. Uh, something else that is really, uh, man, it's just impacting my heart right now when I hear the, the plight of kids in our own community. Like we don't have enough foster care workers. They're having to ship kids off all over the place. People who do, who do work with kids, uh, they're advocates for kids, are having to drive all over Texas because kids are lifted out of here, out of their community, out of their surroundings. And I found out that there's, there's a need for a church to open their doors, to, to be a host, to provide training, to, to, to connect people who desire to be a part of the foster care, or maybe just want to support families to give them a break, give, give foster parents a break, a, a date night, and we take care of their kids. There's, it's an open door right now. We want to walk through it. I've had, I've had probably, I don't know, pop-up is running a, a, a close second right now. There are a lot of people in this campus who have a heart for kids and have a heart for foster care and adoption. There we go. His, I liked his mic better anyway. So. Uh, I think with that, though, I wanted to talk to you, Chase, because you've actually been a foster parent. Um, you have two adopted kids now that were in the foster system. So just kind of talk us through uh, briefly, kind of your, just your experiences through that, as briefly as you we can. 12 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of you guys may, may know that story, um, but Roxy and I, we've always had a heart from, from day one. If, I'm going to do this without crying. Uh, I don't cry. I don't leak. I can, I'm broken. Okay. Um, but from, from day one, we got married. We had always had a heart for, for fostering. Um, and, and really, we didn't even know what that looked like. It was just something that, just even being ignorant in that, it's like, man, I just really want to be a foster parent. I think that, you know, we could make an impact in, in a young person's life. And what does that look like? And not really knowing. And, and I remember having the conversation with Pastor Dwayne together early in our marriage of, just going to him and saying, is this something that we need to pray about? Like, are we, are we just losing our mind? Like, what does this look like? And he said, quit overthinking it, just do it. And I was like, you're supposed to pray for us, I think. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I just remember him being so blunt about it, which I, I, I love that about Pastor Dwayne and how bold he is. He just said, quit overthinking it and just doing it. The Bible tells us to take care of the orphans. I'm like, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, but it took us a couple of years to get plugged into a community um, of friends that had a vision for foster care. Uh, we, we served at a, a church and in, in a ministry out in uh, the panhandle of Texas for three or four years. And that, that community just had such a heart and such a vision for foster care that, that we attached our passion to that vision and became a part of a, a, a life group that, that helped in foster care, that that offered respite care, that actually then got trained in foster care. And then we, we had our first uh, foster daughter, and we had, we had sweet Annabella for, for like six months, and she was four years old, and we had plans to adopt her. 
Uh, and then the worst thing in our head happened, but the best thing in the foster care system happened. And she got to go back home with mom and dad and which or with grandma. And that was, you know, that's the whole point of that is to try to reunite. That's the goal. But in your head, it's, I could, I could be a better parent. You've got all these stories and, um, that you create in your head, but there's, there's something that, and if you've said this before, I, I'm not mad at you for saying it. It's that a lot of people say, well, I could never do that because I would just get too attached. But I think that's the whole point is that as, as people that, that love Jesus, we're supposed to attach ourselves to a, to a child, yeah. to a, to a young person that, that needs you and that needs Jesus. And I think the church could have the biggest impact on the foster community because, you know, everybody's heard a, a horror story of a foster parent. Well, they're doing it for the wrong reason or they're abusing the children. You know, I've, I've heard the stories. We've been in the system. I've heard of the stories of, of foster parents abusing kids or whatever. So instead of turning our noses up at it and being mad at the foster system, let's change the foster system. Yeah. Let's, let's be those people that, that step up. And so um, we were... We were at a, a dwelling place, um, I believe here, uh, gosh, two or three years ago now. It's been a while, but, but Roxy leaned over to me, and uh, we had some friends in the panhandle that were, that were fostering two beautiful um, children, and, uh, but they, they were not an adoptive home, and we, we were an adoptive home. We had went through the trainings and, and placed our status as adoptive, and so anytime anybody needed an adoptive home, uh, they looked for adoptive families, and so... Roxy leaned over to me in a dwelling place and said, I think we're supposed to adopt the girls. Um, and there was such an instant peace. And I'm talking like milliseconds, like not even a, Ooh, I'd have to think about that. Yeah, that sounds good. My first reaction was let's do it. Like, this is what we prayed for. And so we went through a very, very short process. And now we have, um, they're not here tonight, so I can talk about them. Uh, now we have, uh, Autumn and Nevaeh Hall, which have been with us for, uh, two years. The day after Christmas was two years. And, uh, yeah, we adopted them six months later. And so, I mean, we've been there. We've been in the trenches of, of foster care and trainings. And I think what, what the vision for the house is and how we can be a church of influence is that we can open this church as a hub to, to help with the foster care community because they need it. I mean, there's trainings to be had. There's respite care. There's parents' nights out. I mean, taking all four of our kids out or even Roxy and I going on a date when we were foster parents and the legalities that you had to go through to find a babysitter uh, was very, very hard. But churches can be those babysitters uh, without all the legality. So we can, we can have people that say, hey, I would love to, to hang out with a couple of foster kids for a couple of hours in the church so that parents can go and have a night out or just go have a dinner by themselves. I mean, it's as easy as that. Not everybody may feel called to foster kids, but this is going to sound confusing. We can, we can foster foster families. Yeah. Um, we, as a life group, we can adopt a foster family and say, hey, every Christmas, every birthday, every Thanksgiving, we're going to send gifts. We're going to send gift cards. We're going to show up at your house and just pray for your family. We're going to invite you to church. We're going to walk you through discipleship. There's so many opportunities to impact the foster world, even if fostering a child in your home is not something that maybe you feel capable of doing. So there's so many opportunities, and we're even, Roxy's in conversation with some great people and people in the church that feel, um, I don't know, just led to impact the foster community and be a church of impact, be a church of influence uh, in the foster community. And so, yeah. anyway. And, and that's what we're yeah. all about. Yeah, that's so good. And that's, I feel like that's kind of what, when we were kind of, were talking a few months ago of what's our direction for 2020, what do we feel like is that word, that theme throughout the year, and we kind of landed on that word influence. Um, and just real quick, 
if there's something that was said about pop-up church or about foster care that sparks your interest, even I'd go as far as to say maybe you feel like, man, I don't, I don't feel called to, to be a foster parent and I don't feel called to, to watch kids. Uh, maybe that's scary to you. Uh, maybe you can help give financially to give a parent a date night, to give those parents a, just, you know, I want to sew $50 into this parent, these parents' date night so that they can go and they don't have to spend a dime. We're just going to take care of them, bless them. Maybe something like that even. But if you're interested in any way, if something that we've said has sparked your interest, just again, you can go on the app and fill out our Connect card or the seat pocket in front of you. Just turn that in because we want to get, again, this isn't just about us doing the work. You know, this was something that we said a lot last year in 2019, that uh, our job as, as church staff and ministers isn't to do the work, it's to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Our job is just to help, hopefully inspire you guys and to say, man, you've, just like Pastor said, you've got it. You've got everything that you need to go and make a difference in your world and in your community and to be influential. And so we just want to give tools in your hands. We want to give you the ideas. We want to make it easy for you to, to go and do what God's called you to do. So fill out a connect card if you have any interest in that at all. Well, and I think you, you said to do the work of the ministries and I, I, or the ministry. And I think that's what really helped Roxy and I stay in foster care because maybe you've heard it's easy. Uh, it's, it's not. I mean, foster care is not an easy process, but there was ministries that got involved that didn't know us from Adam. They just heard that we had a placement one day and we, we had, we got a, a, a young girl with us. And the next morning there was a ministry there knocking on the door saying, Hey, we work with the agency. Here's toys. Here's blank. I mean, they just had a handful of stuff that they dropped off that we didn't have to financially go and pay for. And so there's things like that there. I mean, sorry, my, I'm on my fire is lit when we get to talk about foster care, because this yeah. is something that we've walked through that we've been a part of that has impacted our family, um, that is, has changed my heart towards the foster care system. There's so many different opportunities and I'm not here advocating for foster care, but it's, it's, it's a way that we can make an impact in our community. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's very low risk for, for us as a church. It's very easy to get involved. Because if, if you stop and think about it, a family gets, say, a two-week-old baby in the middle of the night. Yeah. Somebody's showing up with diapers and the stuff that you need to take care of a baby yeah. is a huge yeah. impact. Well, and, that, and that's the reality of it. I mean, we, we were told, we don't know when you're going to get a placement. Because it's not like you can this sounds harsh, but follow me. It's not like picking a car out. Like you don't just go get a foster kid. It's, it's, let's just get real. It's police invade a house in the middle of the night, pull their kids out. And instead of emergency shelter, they call foster parents. So we got a call one evening. It was, Hey, we have to, we have to have emergency placement for this young girl right now. And so she showed up with a trash bag full of things and a jacket at four years old, four years old, uprooted from her whole family. I mean, this, Anything that we can do to help a young person. I mean, think about if I got uprooted from my family right now at 30 years old as a male, it would jack me up. <laughs> I can't imagine a four-year-old, what they're going through. Yeah. And as a church, to be able to make a difference, yeah. we, can, we can do that. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Amen. So, so we've talked about pop-up church and, you know, kind of getting outside of these four walls and going into our community and meeting people where they're at in nursing homes, in coffee shops, in bars, maybe. I don't know if I should say that on the stage, but maybe. Who knows? Whatever God wants to do. Talked about that. Talked about foster care. Be on an care. off night when the bars yeah. close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's going to be a morning service. They're all, they're not there anyway, so no, we're good. 
But kind of, and we've, we've touched on it a little bit with like leadership development, but just kind of dive in a little bit to why. Like what's, because obviously it's like we're not just about doing stuff. It's not just we're bored and we need something to do, so let's go do these things. But there's, there's a purpose and there's a deeper reasoning behind it. So kind of as, as pastors, um, what's, what's kind of the why behind these new ministry visions and dreams that we have for our church? Yeah. Have, have you ever heard somebody say that somebody's waiting on the other side of your obedience? Well, the, it, these, are, these are matters of eternity for people. And our, we want to we be a church of influence, not so that we, like our brand grows. We have a savior. His name is Jesus. And people need to meet him. He's the agent of change. He's the one that they need. He's the miracle that they're, that they're needing. And so really our, our heart, whether it's, whether it's bringing people on a journey where they're uh, ministry ability and their leadership abilities are concerned, or whether it's getting somebody involved in foster care, it's not just kids. There, there are people in the foster care system who need to meet Jesus. Yeah. The influence when you plant a seed, that that seed produces influence in multiple directions. So I, I think part of the why behind that is we. Uh, if, you know, if, if Paul thought he was living in the last days, then we are living in the last yeah. of the last days and whatever work we want to do, we want to do now. And I think part of it also is about being people centered. We're not just talking about programs. We're not just talking about doing things, but because Jesus was people centered, that's what the church should be as well. Yeah. People centered. Awesome. With that, I just kind of want to dive in. This is sort of our last as we're wrapping up. So when we say that 2020, this year for us as a church, is, is kind of the phrase that we want to say throughout the year is that we want to be a church of influence. Um, you know, still kind of dreaming, even through some of the dreams that... Because I remember, I mean, you, the pop-up church thing, that's pretty new. I don't know how long that's been on your heart, Pastor Mark, but you said something to me about it in the middle of December, and then... Here we go. We're doing it, you know. Uh, so kind of when we say we want to be a church of influence, um, what does that look like? Like what does that look like? Kind of what do you guys see? What, are, what does that look like for you guys? I'm going to go. Uh, this sounds so harsh, but being a church of influence is not sitting in these seats. It's... I, I think... I, I absolutely, and I say this a lot when I get up to do transitions, I absolutely love coming to church. I, I love bringing my family here. I love watching my kids run through the lobby like they own the place because it's just a safe place for them. And it's a place that I want them to enjoy growing up. But I also love serve day where I can take that same family, my same kids and go out and make a difference into other people's lives. And I think being a church of influence is when we walk through Walmart and we're in conversation with someone and they say, Hey, where do you go to church? And I say, Oh, I go over to Victory Life Church. They know the influence that we've made because we are actually out doing something. We're, we're being the hands and feet of Jesus. My hands and feet go to work every single day doing something. And when we're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're in the community going to work, doing something in the name of Jesus. I think, I think part of it, Hollis, is being a church of influence means that when somebody comes in contact with any one of us, individually or our families, they see something that they're not used to seeing. They see love, they see honor, they see respect. 
and they see the potential for a miracle because we have a, a people of faith who are not ashamed to pray, who are not ashamed to witness, who, who's the word for them is something that's burning in them so that wherever they are, when they open their mouth, they're speaking peace into situations, they're speaking provision. So in other words, we're motivated by something that's higher than, than what the news media can share, what, what any other aspect of society can share because we're bringing hope, we're bringing peace because we're bringing Jesus into the situation. And what I hear also in that, as far as influence we're talking about, again, it's not just us doing it, but it's that, that we're equipping, but yet you're doing the work of the ministry. So I got a quote for, for you I learned about four years ago called hashtag, everybody say hashtag. Hashtag. Me too. Me too. Let's all say it one more time. Hashtag. Hashtag. Me too. Me too. Google it. In the Gospels, Jesus equipped the disciples and he sent them out. And you will be equipped here to be sent out and to do all of these things that Pastor Mark's talking about. And the Word tells us that we're supposed to be doing. And I, and I think, you know, we talk about serve day. I want, I want to be a part of a church where we don't have to have a serve day to get out and serve our community. I mean, those are great because they see like the, the church, you know, Victory Life Church out serving. But uh, man, sometimes I think, even I'm guilty of this, that I wait for Victory Life Church to put on an event for me to go have permission to serve. <laughs> or just like, a, like, well, we're doing it on this date, so that's when I'm going to go serve my community. But I want to be a part of a church where that's what I'm called to do. And so I'm going to go do it. Uh, and maybe serving doesn't look like I'm going to the park and uh, fixing things up, because I'd probably break more things than I would fix. They would probably run me <laughs> off. But but it looks different for each person. Yeah. But it's, it's actively just asking the Lord, God, what, what can I do to influence my community? Absolutely. What can I do to influence the people around me? Yeah. And, uh, and I just, through this, this past year, I've just seen more people taking risk on themselves. And I know that's a word that God's even given me this year. It's just like, take a risk on yourself. Put yourself out there. You've got something to say. You've got something to share. And it's not because I'm smart or I'm better than anybody else, but God's doing something in me, and I've got something in me that people want to hear, and God's got something in you that people want to hear and they need to hear. And so yeah. start an Instagram account and put, put quotes of what God's doing in your heart and life. Uh, you know, start a small business where it's focused, like you said, partnering with Jesus. Whatever that risk is, whatever that is, I think being a part of a church of influence means we're going to take some risk on ourselves, of who God says that we are, that we are created for influence. God didn't create us to just float through life and uh, let everybody else have all the influence. We're, we can be influential, not just in our city, not just in our county, but in our world, especially with how social media works these days. I mean, I can reach people all over the world with one quick post and encourage somebody um, we have the power at our fingertips to be influential people and influence people toward the love of God and toward who he is and not even just toward Victory Life Church. As much as I love my church, I want people to see Jesus. And if people don't see Jesus here, then I want them to go to a place where they see Jesus. But I believe we're all about letting people, making it as easy as possible for you to connect with Jesus. So we want to make it to where he's here. 
you know that he's here from the minute you step foot on the property. Man, God is here, and he's going to change my heart, and he's going to change my life. And we all have that power. We all have that authority, and we all have that gift inside of us. And so I just would encourage each and every one of you, take a risk this year. Let 2020 be a year where you do something that you didn't think that you could do, but but I promise you, when you take that step in faith and you partner with the Lord, it's not what we can do on our own grace, but in His grace, man, just watch how influential you can be. And then I believe as we're all influencing the people around us, the community around us, we are going to become a church that truly influences uh, a state, a nation, a world. That's good, man. You, you said something, and I know, I know we're over time, but that's never stopped us before. Um, so... I wrote something down earlier. We were, Roxy and I were driving back, uh, anyway, driving into town today and uh, just studying. And I, I had this scripture on my mind that where there is no vision, the people perish. And I, I wanted to dive into that a little bit because really the word vision there is where there is no vision, the people perish. And I, I believe that when we don't have a vision uh, or a dream or an idea of something, you know, a God-given vision, our passion can perish. But I'm here to tell you that, that with Pastor Mark and with the Victory Life Sherman campus, there's a vision. And if we can have, I wrote, I wrote this down because I, I, I needed that sticky statement. I needed something to get a hold of today. And this is what Holy Spirit put on my heart. I said, if when we can, excuse me, we're a, we're a ministry. Yeah, we're a ministry with vision that need people of passion to collectively come a church of influence. We're a people of passion. Every one of us has something inside of us that say we can get a hold of that. This is what God has put on us. And if we can attach our passion to the vision of this house, we can become the church of influence that God is wanting us to do in 2020. Amen. Amen.